Tisha Bader and in the news, funding to replenish Israel's Iron Dome missile defense system, which has saved countless lives and continues to protect Israel by intercepting deadly rockets from terror groups in Gaza fired at civilians. The $1 billion allocation was removed from the budget bill in the U.S. House of Representatives after pressure from some progressives in the Democratic Party who said they would not vote for the budget if the Israel defense funding was included. A standalone bill, the Iron Dome Supplemental Appropriations Act, was then introduced by House Democrats to make sure the funding for Israel continued. It passed in a vote of 420 to 9. Joining me today is a staunchly pro-Israel progressive Democrat to discuss what happened on the House floor and why the progressives who voted against the Iron Dome funding do not speak for her or her party. Alma Hernandez is a Democratic member of the Arizona House of Representatives for the third district. She is the first Jewish Latina elected to public office. She is also a board member of the Democratic Majority for Israel. She joins us now from Arizona. Representative Hernandez, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on JBS. Of course, it's an honor to be with you all today. Thank you for for having me. Thank you. So you have been very vocal on social media about the Iron Dome funding, strongly in support of it, and strongly against the perception that progressives in the Democratic Party who threatened the funding, and ultimately most of whom voted against it, that they represent all progressives or all Democrats, for that matter. I feel like you take this very personally as a Democrat and as a progressive yourself. So if you can speak to that for a moment, why this affected you so personally. Of course, I I think it's important to note that eight people is not representative of the entire party. We have eight very uh, vocal people. However, at the end of the day, I think it was very clear when this vote happened that those eight people do not determine what happens within our party. They don't speak on behalf of our party and they don't speak on behalf of progressives. When you have over 400 people that voted for a bill and you have only nine total that were against, I think that definitely shows that this was done in a bipartisan way. And anything that has to do with Israel should always be done in a bipartisan way. I think that for the most part, most people understand that the Iron Dome and defense system that we have and that we've collaborated in the U.S. with Israel to make sure that it's possible, that this is something that's saving lives. I think most people understand that it shouldn't be political. This is purely a defense system. You know, we're not funding anything else other than making sure that this Iron Dome is capable of intercepting these rockets and missiles that are launched. Um, And I think for the most part, as you saw with the vote, people understand what it is. And people in our both Republican and both Democrats are very much supportive of Israel. And as a progressive myself, you know, yes, it was very disappointing to see that there were political games that were played with this on both sides. Because let's be clear here that if our Republican, my, you know, our Republican um, representatives would have voted uh, for this bill that 
essentially, if it wasn't on its own, it was in another bill. And we all know that they refused to give any votes on the Republican side to make sure that we could um, raise our debt ceiling. And they did not. So I think it's important to note here that they use this as a political a game and now, you know, label all Democrats as anti-Israel, Democrats are anti-Semitic because they refuse to give any votes. So we had eight people that voted against it and asked to, for this funding to be taken out, well, it failed because we had zero Republican votes. And I think it's very important for people to understand this, that now Republicans are coming out saying, well, the Democrats don't support you. They they wanted to take funding away. Okay. But the bill, that bill was not a standalone bill. It was in the big feed bill and they refused to give any votes for it. So the way I see it is instead of playing these political games, they already knew from the very beginning that we were not going to stop funding the Iron Dome. Those of us elected in office, those of us who are following this issue all the time know that the funding wasn't going to stop. Realistically, it was not going to stop. That is why the Republicans were able to all stick together and, and not give any votes for this because they knew we were going to get this done. So the frustrating part out of all of this is, yes, the squad and a few others got together and were very vocal. But at the end of the day, they didn't win. And I think it's important for us to know that just because eight people refuse nine total, because we had one Republican refused to fund this doesn't mean that our party, our Democratic Party was not going to fund this. That's just not at all the case. Yeah, I want to just read some of your tweets about this. Um, this was for right after I think the funding passed uh, in the standalone bill you wrote of the eight Democrats who voted against the bill. Eight people is not the entire Democratic Party. I don't know how many times we have to say it to the world, but the squad does not and will not speak on behalf of the majority of Democrats. And then earlier when the funding was removed from the budget bill because of pressure, um, you wrote, OK, people need to understand that this was all a stunt. We are not defunding the Iron Dome. The squad does not speak on behalf of our party. So just for people who aren't totally clear, the squad, as they are referred to, Two uh, is a group of progressives in the Democratic Party in the U.S. House of Representatives, including Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilan Omar, Ayanna Presley, and Rashida Tlaib, known to be very critical about Israel and about the U.S.-Israel relationship. So what did you mean by this was a stunt? What, was, what were you referring to there? Yeah, as, as I just mentioned right now, we all knew that the funding was not going to end. This was done because, again, there's political games that are played in politics. We all know this, especially those of us who serve in elected office. We know we know this game. Unfortunately, this is what happens. Israel and the U.S. relationship are stronger than they ever have been. I'm really excited you know, about the new leadership in Israel and also that we have our leadership and the Democratic Party that's leading the U.S., who have continuously said they're going to continue supporting Israel's right to defend herself, going to continue funding and helping Israel at all costs. They, they, they have been very clear about this. There is no one in leadership saying that they're anti-Israel or that they're going to stop funding. That is not the case, but the media sometimes portrays it that way. And Republicans sometimes use this to try to make it seem like Democrats are anti-Israel and they don't care. It's not at all the case. When the bill, when we knew, we already knew the bill was not a standalone bill. This language was included in, in the overall bill to be able to continue our government from, from going, right? We are trying to avoid a government shutdown. So we knew that if we had eight people that already opposed it, it was going to be removed. But what happened right after that was 
you know, leader Hoyer went, went up publicly and said they were going to do a standalone bill just for the Iron Dome, which is what happened. We knew that they, we, we still have to pass, we have to go back and pass the overall bill and make sure that we keep our government going. So this was all political. This was a stunt. So this was a stunt by the, by the squad who said, you know, the, we can't continue to fund um, Israel and we can't continue to help them and they're an apartheid state. And I can go on and on about the horrible things that they've said, which we know is not true. So when they decided to go publicly and say, we're going to stop this funding, they already knew as well that that was not going to be the case. We have too many people on both sides of the aisle who are staunch supporters of Israel, who will continue to do their job and ensure that we're protecting our greatest ally. So we knew that this bill, you know, it was not a standalone bill at the beginning. So I was really glad actually that we were able to get it as a standalone bill. So for those of us who have been doing this advocacy work for years, I was actually very pleased with the outcome because what we were able to do was not only fund the one billion, but also make sure that we had on record and we were able to see who truly stood with us and who supported us. And I think that's really important. You know, we have eight people on the Democratic side and one Republican. One of the Republican who voted against us also voted against Holocaust education. So I think it's very clear and it shows us here that when we all work together and when we come up with ideas that are bipartisan, we can get things done and get them accomplished. So as I said, it was a stunt on their end because they knew it was going to be funded. As you all saw, um, AOC ended up voting present. Uh, she she then took, took back her very loud position of being against and defunding the Iron Dome to then switching uh, to present. You know, when people vote present, I think it shows they have no spine and no political courage because voting present, you're, you're not showing us where you stand. And I think that's the worst thing you could do as an elected official is saying, I'm going to vote present on this issue because I don't want to be at fault or, or be told that I voted a certain way. So I think it's cowardly. And I think being that she was so vocal and going out publicly saying, this is, we need to stop this funding. We need to, you know, stop giving Israel money. And then she voted present, I think shows how much of a hypocrite she is. So as a progressive myself, I was very frustrated about that. And I think most, most of the world saw that this was a stunt. As I said, it was all a, it was all political games. And at the end, we ended up winning. And I'm, I'm very pleased at the outcome that we had. Why do you think she changed her vote at the last minute? What 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 happened there? Do you have any inside information or just I, I, your own impression? Your own I don't, but I will say, you know, she represents New York, an area, she represents a very diverse area of New York. You know, there are many members of the Jewish community, I'm sure, that have reached out to her and explaining why this isn't, you know, this shouldn't be political. I, I read something on, on the New York Times that said that. Her office had said it was because of rabbis and political, you know, big political pressure. And goodness, if rabbis have that much influence on how people vote, I <laughs> like let's use them more often. Um, but it definitely, I don't believe that was the case. I do believe that she is smarter than most people give her credit for. I think she understands that, you know, defunding the Iron Dome is really going to hurt people on both sides. You know, this, the Iron Dome in Israel, and many people forget in Israel, it's not just Jewish people who live there. It's one of the most diverse places where you have Muslims, you have Christians, Catholics, you have Jews, you have everything. So the Iron Dome essentially protects the, those who are citizens of Israel and Israelis and, and, um, 
Arabs, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, it protects these individuals from not being killed. So I, you know, I think she, she knew this again, it was all a political stunt, um, but for her to say that it was because of rabbis and pl big political pressure, well, she's been very vocal about other issues and always stuck to how she was voting. So I just found it very interesting that towards the end, after all of that ruckus and commotion that was caused that she ended up voting present to me, that's just, you know, it, 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 I, I don't appreciate when people do that because I think it just shows us that they have no political courage. No, I understand. Another person of note to mention is Betty McCollum, who had planned to vote against the funding. Uh, she got up on the House floor and asked for clarification from Representative DeLauro to say, I just want to be clear that this funding is for defense and not cannot be used as an uh, for offensive means, which obviously was clear from the beginning. This is something that has been written out and explained a million times, but I think she wanted to just be on record asking that again. And then she voted to support it, which. I yeah, it happens, right? I think, again, it's all political games. A lot of folks try to do some of these things. And again, it was on record. So she wanted to be on record of, of I'm only voting for this because of this reason. And I think what a lot of people are forgetting is we didn't, we're not giving Israel this money to build another iron dome. <laughs> like we're giving Israel the money to ensure that it's properly working. And, and if you remember, you know, the very recent attacks in May, you know, we're, we're basically replenishing and making sure that we're fixing what has been, you know, has had some issues to make sure that it's properly working so it could continue to do its job. So we're not funding another Iron Dome. We're not giving money to the IDF. We're not, you know, we're not doing any of these crazy things that people have said. All we're doing is simply funding it so we can save lives. And that's at the end of the day, the most important thing here is we need to make sure that when we fund, when we fund this, that it's to make sure that we keep it going so that we can continue to save lives on both sides. Absolutely. And I think, you know, what you said initially, the vote was really overwhelmingly supportive of the Iron Dome funding, 420 to nine. But honestly, it should have been unanimous because we're talking about a system, as you said, that is defensive. Uh, uh, Richie Torres tweeted something like it's called the Iron Dome missile defense system. <laughs> like that's what it does. It defends civilian lives. He said something like it would have to be a morally inverse universe for this to be controversial in any way. And yet it was turned into it was or it was an attempt to skew it as controversial when you when you just want to say this is protecting civilians, people running to bomb shelters. To have some protection. And like you said, there were unfortunately, tragically, there were Arab victims in this last conflict with Hamas. There were. There was an Arab family, I think it was a father and a daughter in northern Israel um, that were killed by a, a missile that fell close to or on their car. There were Palestinians who were killed because the missiles didn't quite make it into Israel and fell short. Um, and, you know, that's just one example of how, as you said, this protects human lives. It's not a matter if they're Jewish, Arab, Christian. Um, and so... Do you feel like there's any room for dialogue with, let's say, members of the squad to sit down and say, are you really saying that you don't want to defund a system 
that intercepts missiles. It doesn't fire missiles. Is that what you're saying? Like, is there room for dialogue with people like a Rashida Tlaib who got up on the House floor and just went on an attack, as you said, calling Israel apartheid Israel, saying Israel committed war crimes. Do you feel like there's any room for conversation? Have you ever had any dealings with any of these representatives? And do you think there's any hope of doing so? Well, as mentioned previously, you know, I'm a progressive. I'm a part of many progressive groups. I've traveled the country on conferences with progressive organizations, and many of them are a part of these organizations. But when it comes to this issue, I truly don't believe that there's any more room for conversations. I think they're they're so far gone at this point. I always look at people, and even if I don't agree with them, I try to have a conversation around issues. At the end of the day, we don't have to agree on everything, but I think there has to be some respect. I think when you are publicly stating, you know, that you you don't want to condemn and you don't want to come out against Hamas because, you know, it's it's Israel who's the bad one and it's Israel who's doing all of these crimes and committing, you know, genocide. I don't think with these people we can reason, unfortunately. I think they're so far gone into these issues that they just don't. I mean, AOC recently admitted that she doesn't know enough about the issue yet she's a leading voice against, you know, Israel. So I really just don't think we we can talk to them about these issues because they're so, so far gone and really believe the lies that they say that they are just not going to go back on it. I think it would be really hard to be able to get them to that point, right? So, you know, what I have been doing for the last 10 years of my life and what many of my friends have been doing and family members is, having constant communication with folks who are within our party, folks who identify as progressives and making sure that, you know, they understand like, this is truly what's going on. And you can see what you see on the media and you can believe what others are saying, but let me give you the facts. You know, these are things you can look up, you know, (laughs) there's a history here, you know, in 2011, you know, when uh, former president, then president Obama Uh, came up with the funding idea and we wanted to continue funding it. Like all of these things are public. You can find these things. You can check how people vote. You you can talk to people, travel to Israel, go and visit and meet with people on both sides, which I have done before and listen to them and see what the issues on the ground are. Because I'll tell you that people who live in Israel don't want to live in this situation. They want to live in peace. They are tired of having to constantly, you know, run into a bomb shelter. They are tired of their children growing up literally with PTSD over this. They're tired. And I think it's on both sides. And we have to really you know, put a human aspect to all of this. And when we're talking about the Iron Dome, when we're talking about, you know, issues of Israel, we're talking about humans. We're talking about human lives and it should matter to all of us. And if you're a progressive and, you know, you care about others, you should care about these issues as well. And it's very clear, and I don't think I have to even say this, but when a terrorist organization is launching missiles and rockets into a small, tiny country, it's for with one mission and it's to make sure that it no longer exists and i think we have to really just make sure that people get that you know there's no other country we don't have an iron dome in mexico my family's from mexico we don't have an iron dome in mexico we don't need it why because there is no country that is attacking mexico and trying to get rid of it you know there's just there's no way unless anyone can give me an example and that's what i'd love for the squad to tell me give me an example of another country 
that you want to hold to these same standards as Israel, because I'll tell you that they don't. You know, when we we see so many other issues around different countries where people are literally being starved by their government, people are being imprisoned, people, there's so many issues, yet Israel is the one to blame for all of the issues of the world. And, and it's just wrong. So, you know, I don't think we can do anything, you know, to try and educate them at this point because they're so far gone. And again, I, I feel that they they feel it's their job as progressives now to be the leading voice on this, and they're not going to back down. So again, it's I was very pleased with the vote, seeing how many of my Democratic you know electeds voted for it. I was very pleased with that because that shows that the squad is not where our party is. The squad is not going to determine what happens when it comes to issues in our in our communities and abroad. The squad is very loud but they're very small. And I think it's important for people to remember this, that the squad does not speak on, like we have, you know, Republicans who have said horrible anti-Semitic things. Currently we have some of them that are still doing it. Yet I don't think they speak on behalf of the Republican party. So I want people and the viewers to understand that we need to hold every side accountable for these issues, not just the Democrats, not just the progressives, because I will tell you, we are not the squad. The squad doesn't speak on behalf of us. You know, we have great leaders in Congress, like Congressman Richie Torres, who are staunch supporters of Israel, who have been there, who understand the issue. Because again, this conflict has been going on for years. It will continue to go on until hopefully one day I'll, in my lifetime, I'll be able to see peace. But it's a very complex issue. And I think people and leaders like Congressman Richie Torres, Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz, all of these great leaders who have been a voice for our community will continue to be a voice in Congress and wherever they go. So I'm not worried about the Democratic Party, you know, turning into the party of the squad because that is not where people are. If that was the case, we would have we would have had more than eight people vote against it. So at the same time, do you have any concern that the squad had the influence they did on the original budget bill? I don't, because again, it goes back to this was all political games. It was all stunt. They knew that the majority of the Democratic Party was going to support this regardless. They knew this. Everyone knew this, at least in poli- those in politics and who understand a bit of the background, understood that the major bill, which was going to fail anyway, because Republicans have said they are not going to approve more spending, quote unquote, because they forget to mention that the spending is not new spending. It's spending to fund what we've already put out. So they've already said they weren't voting for it. They had zero Republican votes. And when you have eight, even if you had one, you know, one Democrat or two vote against it, you'd, it would still fail because you need the votes. And if the Republicans were not willing to give any votes for it, then we knew it was going to fail. So I'm not, I'm not worried about their influence because again, it's eight of them compared to the entire party. I mean, that that's just not representative of, of what our party is. So I, I'm not really concerned um, about their influence. I think they definitely have an influence within their progressive groups. Um, and, and that's part of the reason why myself and Congressman Richie Torres and people like my brother, who's also elected and sister, who refuse to leave you know, our progressive values and leave our progressive groups only because they some there's a small minority who is against Israel. We need to continue being a part of these conversations, a part of these groups to ensure that they don't take over and that they don't become the voice of the party. Right. Do you feel though that the Democratic Party 
has to do more to sort of distance itself or to make, to respond, like for example, after Representative Talib's comments, Representative Ted Deutsch, the Democrat from Florida got up and as you commented on Twitter that you were so moved by it, I was as well. I was watching it and I was like, oh, thank goodness someone is getting up and speaking to what just happened and taking a stance. Did you, were you disappointed that more representatives didn't get up and say something about Rashida Tlaib's comments or even afterwards to say something to distance itself from what she said or were you okay with that? Yeah, honestly, I was okay with it. As someone who serves in the legislature here, the less people talk, the more effective we are. And I think it's it, it it's more in, it, it empowers people more and it's more impactful when it's a few people speaking on the issue who make great points and tie it all back and say, this is why I'm standing here with my colleagues and this is why this is important. I don't look at it so much like we had... 10 people on one side and then 20 on the other come and speak. I, that, that truly does. I, I believe at that point, people become tone deaf and they just don't even listen at that point to either side. So for me, it's more important to have one, one or two strong voices who will stand up and say, this is not what our party stands for. And I stand with leadership and I stand with the majority of our party to denounce what was just said on the floor. And that to me means more than having 20 people line up to speak for one minute. Um, and knowing, I mean, really your vote is your voice and your vote tells us who you are and where you are on the issues. So again, when people vote, no, we know where they are. When people vote present, we don't know. And that's what bothers me. So, you know, at the end of the day, I am not worried that we didn't have more people stand up because I think for the most part, those that did stand up brought back the points and said, this is why I support my leadership on this. And I, and I'm, I was really glad to see it. You know, when I saw his, his uh, speech, I was very moved by it. I got the chills because it was so spot on. It was perfect. So no, I'm not, I'm not worried about not having more people, you know, standing up and, and speaking at, at least in my opinion, in my view. And in the last three years that I've been serving for me, I only stand up to speak when it's something that's really important to me and something that I really feel that I need to stand up and say something about. I don't just stand up. There's people who stand up on every issue and they want to hear themselves speak every single time. I don't need to do that. And I think people will listen more when you talk less and you are specific about the issues that you care about. So when are you running for Congress? Oh, Not no. anytime soon. <laughs> Not anytime soon. I'm very happy in the legislature. My brother actually is running. Um, hopefully he will join Congressman Richie Torres. They're working together to ensure that my brother joins him um, in the next year and a half. Or That's two years. wonderful. We wish him the best of luck. Maybe he'll we'll have him on JBS when we're yeah. able. Sounds great. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're super busy. You have things going on and we'd love to have you back. I know you've also pushed through Holocaust education in Arizona recently. There's so much you're doing for the benefit um, of all citizens and certainly for the Jewish world. So thank you so much for sharing your critical voice. We appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, Alma Hernandez is a Democratic member of the Arizona House of Representatives for the 3rd District. We thank her truly for joining us on JBS. And thanks, as always, to our director, Sloan Copeland, managing director, Dara Golub, 
technical manager, Michael Paley, transmission manager, John McDevitt, our producer, Carol Lilienthal, and thank you for watching In the News here on JBS. I'm Tisha Bader. Be well.